Welcome to Jazz South Spotlight, a podcast series shining a light on outstanding jazz talent from the south of England. I'm Kevin Legend, and I'll be meeting six bands from across the region who've been specially commissioned by Jazz South to create brand new music. Originally part of a scheme to perform to live audiences across the south of England, Jazz South Spotlight is a digital reimagination to reach audiences everywhere in 2020 through new tracks. In this series, I'll explore the background, influences and inspirations of each band, as well as playing excerpts from their new work. This week, I'm talking to Fourth Page. Paul May, the drummer in the band Fourth Page, who have recorded a fantastic new piece of music that we'll be talking about very soon. Glad to be joined by you, Paul. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thanks, Kevin. Good. And can you just tell me where you are at the moment? What's your location? My location at the moment is I'm in Bournemouth in my bungalow. <laughs> in a bungalow in Bournemouth. Is, is that where you practice as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm set up permanently in my bungalow with a kit. I'm always ready to roll. Yeah, I play all the time, really, especially at the moment. Well, that that's a good place to start, obviously, because we, we've all been going through this extraordinary period over the last few months with the the pandemic and the lockdown restrictions isolation etc how have you been dealing with that in a way at first once it dawned on me anyway that they weren't going to be going out and doing much or anything at all at first there was a bit of a despondency and maybe even a bit of inactivity and then suddenly there was a, a new sense sort of came in there was a new thing you know to express all of a sudden i suppose which is i don't know it's put an urgency into things that's a really interesting point paul that we'll pick up on a little bit later but i think the key word that you used there was urgency this sense of of people having this desire to do things to get on with it because of the constraints that we've all been placed under so in the band fourth page you're on drums caroline hume is on piano and keyboards Charlie Beresford is on guitar and poetry and Peter Marsh is on bass. I think Charlie actually said about this commission, this piece that we'll be talking about shortly, The Signs Are High, that coming back to record it after lockdown was almost like the release of Caged Birds, which is a quite poetic way of putting it. We were all very excited, I suppose, because we're getting together. Obviously, there was a lot of doom and gloom about giving the idea that it really would be a long time until we'd better play. We were all excited. I mean, there was a definite sense that we were going to make a kind of spectacular or a special piece of music, and maybe a piece of music that was only going to be possible in this moment. You're not directly trying to express anything about making any comment or anything on anything, but it, it definitely affects it. At first, we thought it wouldn't. I wondered about that. And even whether, you know, from my point of view, to sort of discuss the fact that the music might have been made in this time you know so that no one tried to read anything into it that might not be there but it is there everything that we're doing at the moment it's part of the landscape now you know like I say we were excited it was a real release as well I mean we went in the studio to make a kind of specific quite short piece for us and we ended up just pouring out hours worth of material and all of it was intense you know super focused it, it was like we were charged with something you know much more than usual well as i say we're, we're living in unprecedented times so that makes perfect sense is all the material improvised or are there any parts that are written beforehand no everything we do is improvised we might all um, individually prepare sounds well i mean we do you know you might think about individually some different sort of strategies to enter a piece or turn it at a certain point or even instigate something from the beginning that's about it really and i mean charlie might 
have some words in a notebook or something and Pete will often have any amount of electronics that he's continually discovering new things to express on so yeah so we do prepare like that but it is improvised music so the signs are high it's a long piece which goes through lots of different passages and there's a real sense of development and kind of light and shade there's a lot in it is that arrangement you think something that just comes from the chemistry between the players in the band the kind of language that you developed over the years yeah definitely because we're not looking for anything that's concise or in a traditional form or we sort of set out sounds in a way and sort of let them do their own thing a little bit and then usually that will start to inform us you know you're waiting for little bits of magic between people and then everyone's looking to capitalize but no one wants to steam in either you know we've got a real discipline in this group you know there's a good sense of restraint in that you know and yet now and again we get that it comes over us all to really take it up there and really let loose you know but in general we're a thoughtful band well chosen words and we'll pick up on that in a minute but let's hear the signs are high by fourth page, the Jazz South Commission.
atmospheric, thought-provoking music there by Fourth Page. The Signs Are High, a commission for Jazz South. I'm joined by Paul May, the drummer in the group. Paul, in that piece and in so many of the pieces done by Fourth Page, there's a real sense of restraint at times as well as bursts of energy. Like the attention to detail, the respect of space, sometimes stillness, sometimes silence. That seems to be a fundamental part of the group. Is that because all of you are very intent on listening to each other and kind of giving each other space as well? It's quite a unique group in that sense for all of us, I think. And we've been through quite a few phases and where we are currently, it's almost our most sort of fulsome kind of sound. Well, initially we were completely acoustic and we had a really like intimate kind of relationship with, you know, the nearness of silence or things sort of falling away all the time rather than building up. After a while, we found a kind of potential rigid sort of feeling to cling to a, a kind of real stark minimalism and then we wanted to see how we could push it out more like an electric band but still keeping the forms completely you know a form is there it's waiting in in the ether almost you know and it's just being patient and letting each episode within a piece emerge and so like you say there's a lot of trust in each other because it's, often it's there's a bit of a balancing act going on you don't want anyone to be fearful to make a bold move either you know so you want to empower your colleagues all of us are interested in in empowering the other and that is important to us you know because that's where the music everyone everyone's interested in what what the other members of the band are going to say or do at any moment that's what makes this group i don't know what you'd call it it can have a kind of intellectual vibe at times but it can also have a, a primitive kind of feeling as well and it can also have a really uh, you know full-on kind of sci-fi edge there's a limitless kind of thing we can do i feel but definitely got a sound though and we all know what that is now there's a fourth page signature for sure it's very distinctive it's interesting as well that you and, and carolyn have been playing for many years together you made those really interesting records on leo as a duo do you think that that also kind of enables you to to just really anchor that sound the fact that you you already had this long-running musical chemistry you've got it absolutely right there carolyn and i really we've been working on it for like you say over 20 years and always honing the sound at the same point letting it fall away and become something else you're right kevin because that was the idea we wanted a there was a concept of uh, how could we keep this sound of a duo the intimacy and the sort of personal qualities of it and the kind of starkness but the richness in that how could we keep that and, and make a band that was bigger initially I, I was thinking it'd be nice to have a you know a six-piece band or an eight-piece band but keep that really particular vibe I knew Pete and Charlie and I knew all these people would get along really well you know because they're all super nice people and in, intelligent and and great players in some ways it was an extension onward from what Carolyn and me do but it, of course it's totally different you know we still do our duo and that's evolving in a completely different direction now and the interesting thing as well, Paul, is that even though, as you say, at times it has this primitive quality, it can be quite explosive, some of the grooves that you get into and, and the grooves that you've been playing with Carolyn as well in the in the duo have got a dance quality, could be quite drum and bassy, quite up-tempo. But the thing that I've noticed as well is that your drum kit is very stripped down, isn't it? it I've seen you on stage a few times I think either at the Vortex or seeing you doing stuff online where um, 
you don't use tom toms. It's just like a, a bass drum, a snare, and a couple of cymbals. It's it's very different to a lot of drummers who have lots of different pieces in their kits. I suppose that was all part of it. It was like a natural thing. I, I used to have the whole drum kit, you know, the sort of music I was interested in and, and started trying to specialise in. I realised that there's all this stuff that people just hit with sticks usually and single kind of strokes. And I was interested in what I could coax. I mean, I went through a stage where I just kept trying to insist that I was only going to play a snare drum. You know, and after some of them gigs, you know, you, you wonder why you put yourself through it in a way. But at the same point, yeah, you know, you're amazed at some of the sort of consistent and emotional kind of things you've managed to pull out of something that, you know, is just, you know, a component. Yeah, and I love symbols, you know, I love what they can do beyond what they're meant to do almost. They've got all kinds of voices. In fact, I worked on a thing with metal on symbols and I was getting close to getting the symbols to say uh, simple words at one point. At least that's what I believed. I'm not sure anyone else would agree with me, but... I really felt like, wow, there's a, there's another whole thing in the components of a drum kit. I mean, I've sort of come away from that a little bit now, though, and starting to just enjoy the whole range of things in a drum kit. Yeah, you, I mean, I could talk to you for hours about drumming, Kevin. I'm influenced by any amount of things, you know, from pop and rock drumming of the 80s when I grew up. You know, I was massive into bebop and I was into industrial music and I was into drum and bass and jungle and hip-hop I still love but I still I'm really going back to jazz I love a lot of the kind of more freer kind of 70s jazz fusion sort of stuff believe it or not even I've always wanted to do some kind of terrible return to forever kind of band but I've never got around to it and hopefully I never will drumming in general it's never ending you know it's for me it's I'm still discovering new stuff all the time you know I'm looking for new good influences all the time you know as well as rediscovering, like my son is learning how to play bass, you know, and he's, a, he's obsessed with funk at the moment. So this has really brought that kind of thing alive in me again. I'm, rather than playing with a metronome, I say, look, I know I'm your dad, but let me lay down some funk beat. It's a great, I realise, wow, you know, this is, I can pass something on here. I mean, I love funk drumming. That's one of my first real passions in drumming. You know, I wanted to be the James Brown drummer or the Sly Stone drummer that kind of prowess whilst also being casual and almost laid back but with fully charged with the energy as well you know and even that even bringing that in a minimalism you know even if you're hardly, hardly doing anything still somehow charging it with that special energy you know and that, that's taken a lot longer to get on top of that a bit more you know get up off of that thing is one of my most you know that i really love that one and i love looking at watching them do that live on various youtube things you know it's just absolutely electrifying i mean i love james brown the rhythm section is phenomenal you know it's like a high high art form for me the, the best funk. paul it's been a pleasure talking to you ah thanks kevin it's been a pleasure talking to you too To hear The Signs Are High by Fourth Page, along with links to all the previous podcasts and new commissions, visit www.jazzsouth.org.uk slash spotlight. Next week, I'll be talking to Hexagonal. Jazz South supports the development of jazz across the south of England, outside London. It is led and hosted by Turner Sim Southampton, a concert hall and live music producing organisation with support from the University of Southampton and funding from Arts Council England. I'm Kevin Legend and this has been a Two Degrees West production for Jazz South. Mm-hmm.